0: you ever have that feeling that you're not alone, somehow being watched? Yeah, I've got that feeling this morning, and uh, joined, obviously, today by Shalane, who not even really sure she's awake yet, but she's here in the studio at the moment, and we're going to be playing a little game with all of you today uh, about famous quotes that we very often misquote, misunderstand Don't attribute to the right person or source, maybe even take completely out of the context it was intended to represent. So put on the brakes, grab a cup of coffee or whatever you might be drinking, and join the conversation this morning because it is time for coffee breaks with Steve. I want to uh, get on to our topic, which means that we're going to bring back my guest co host today, Shalan. Shalan Shepard is here.
1: I dreamt about this last night.
0: You dreamt about?
1: I dreamt about being on coffee breaks. I dreamt that I Dustin don't blame and, you. and I, I haven't seen my hair yet. This is fantastic. It's I... amazing. I dreamt that Dustin and I were watching The Graduate with. Dustin Hoffman, a very mm-hmm. young Dustin Hoffman. I haven't okay. seen that movie in years. And don't get into points. too much
0: detail here. Is this possible that there will be a reference that, to that movie? That. In, in our? And
1: so, and, but game. I thought, I thought there was a point in the movie in my head where he said, Mrs. Sicily, you're trying to seduce me. And I went, I need to remember that for coffee breaks. Cause I would have gone with Mrs. Robinson.
0: This is gonna be fun. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we've got some slides up here and uh, Carissa, if you can take off the, the static banner for me so that we're not covering up any of the slides when we're doing this. And uh, in a moment, we're gonna put up a, a, a different crawl on here as you see it there now. And uh, let's pull the the other banner. There we go, So just to make sure we can see everything. So here's what we're gonna do. As we get to each, we've got different slides that will introduce a part of a famous quote. And what we want you to do, each slide is numbered. We want you to include the number as you put in your guess or your knowledge of how to complete that quote. In some cases, it will also say who said the quote. If you think you know that, include that in your answer. Always remember that each answer that you put in the chat needs to include the slide number that it's associated with. So we make sure we're crediting you properly. Uh, but we're going to be we're looking at the fact that there are a lot of quotes that we think we know, but we have learned them and we repeat them incorrectly or it just become common practice as they've gone up in memes and stuff that they're not quite correct. Or they get attributed to the wrong source, the wrong person or the wrong document, the wrong book or or movie or whatever it might be. And then sometimes we think we know the entire quote or we know what it what it means. And the context is wrong because, because we have it wrong. We don't know what it was meant to really say. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, so we're just gonna go ahead and go through these one at a time and you'll kind of see how it works. But the first one, and it's slide number one. So this, your answer here. And and we're gonna stall a little bit as we're talking about it because we know there's a slight delay we want and don't look these up. You can't Google these. If you want to play, let's the honor system, but just go just from what you think you know. Don't start going on a side screen and Be and honorable. doing research. Be honorable. But we this is one, it's from the movie. We know it's from the movie Casablanca.
1: Casablanca, yeah.
0: Casablanca, um, a famous classic. It's on the the um uh, top 100 at the very top of the top 100 all-time movies have you ever been to Case of i've never been there um and and you know i mean if you go there you have to be in black and white you have to be
1: yeah grayscale. a lot of makeup
0: a lot of makeup and the lighting has to be correct and but nice suits. and you're gray but uh this is a famous quote and finish the quote play it blank and then what is the remainder of the quote and which character in the movie or actor, you can say either one. If you think you, know, you remember the character's name or you know the actor's name, who you think said it. And um, let's see if we're getting some answers on on here. Um, couple, I see a couple, but go ahead. I see, so there's a little bit of a delay, What's further delay. What's her name said it? There's a little bit of a delay, which makes me think that there are some people who are out there on their phones, maybe quickly doing a Google search. Um, Okay, so well, I see. Have not
1: seen Casablanca. You know? Yeah,
0: that's true. They're going. What? I have no clue. Remember fast, the show we did it, and it was with the quote? Yeah. Um, play it again, Sam. Again, Sam. Okay, I see Rick. Yeah, Rick Venturi. Said, and you know, of course, Rick Venturi's going to say that it was Rick. Uh, play it, <laughs> Kim. Kim Baker. Play it like a mouse. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's for the cat. 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 That's. But she's attributing it to cat. She is. Yeah, I and I get that. I see what I she did correct. there. Um. And uh, I see, you know, some up there. It's it's Ingrid. I think that's uh, is the that says coffee breaks with Steve. But we have the director and moderator cat on here that that answer things. So, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and, and move to the next slide, which tells you what we typically think it is. We th- typically think that it is that the quote is "Play it again, Sam," and most people attribute it to Humphrey Bogart's character Rick Blaine and most saying. People saying to Sam, play it again, Sham. Play it, Sam. Well, play it again. do you think that's actually the quote?
1: And now that I've seen the comments, I feel like no, but my brain tells me it's it's Senior Humphrey Bogart. Play it again, Sam. But I know that's not right. Play, play it, it, Sam. Sam
0: play it. It's, it's by. spoken by Ingrid Bergman's character, Ilsa Lund. So and demanding. There is a separate quote that Humphrey Bogart's character does say, you played it for her, play it for me, play, you know, yeah. play it, Sam, but it's not played it against Sam. Corey Ann made a comment about a play uh, that was actually written by Woody Allen that's called play It against Sam. And that's why a lot of people think that it was just played against Sam is because oh. of the play. But this is the actual, this is the actual quote. All right. How'd you do on that one? I saw some people who came relatively close, either in terms of the quote or in terms of the character. Let's go on to number two. Now we're not referring. This is also where people might get confused. We're not referring to the movie Apollo thirteen here. We're referring to the actual event in history where that's uh,
1: the only one I know.
0: Where the 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 Apollo thirteen mission actually, thank you, um, encountered a, a, an issue while they were on their way to the moon. And so, what is the completion of this quote? And who actually said it? Okay, I'm and we're not looking for is. an actor. We're not looking for. We're not looking for an actor here. Um, but you know, we're you can answer one. as best you can, so I can give people a, a chance. <laughs> Carlos says we're screwed. Houston, we're screwed. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. What is the quote? I'll give me another. I'll give you another few seconds. But I remember when this happened. I think I was in eighth grade. Um, okay. Uh, Let's see, Houston, we have, (laughs) Kim, Kim Baker is having a lot of fun with this. And Kim, that's what I'm looking for. I I want you to have fun.
1: I see the theme you're going for there. Kim. I approve.
0: Yeah. I, you know, and, and what do we expect? What else do we expect from Kim? Um, Let's see. I saw who was it up there had looking. Yes, I'm correct. Let's see. There, two there. Um, Son of the worst, I love we're screwed. There's a problem. We've had a problem, Jim Lovell. We have a problem from an astronaut on Apollo 13, Houston. We've had a problem up here, Lovell. Okay, so this is what most, most often comes up. Houston, we have a problem, from as spoken by James Lovell, James, James James Lovell the commander of Apollo 13. And that's a picture of Jim Lovell, actually, there during the Apollo 13 mission. And you can see he looks like he's holding his thumb up, like, let's see if we can make this happen. He, uh, he looks a little bit concerned, but, you know, these guys were professionals. They trained for a lot of different scenarios. They didn't actually train for what happened here, which was that the service module that powered the entire capsule going to the moon, essentially half of it blew up. But um, that wasn't really supposed to happen, and they were losing oxygen. Well, here was the actual, what actually was set. So... It started with they, they stirred their cryogenic tanks and they had an explosion and alarms started going off and the, everything shook. And Jack Swigert, who was the command module pilot, said, I believe we've had a problem here. Houston responded with say again, please. And then the one that we often misquote, it and I saw it correctly here, is Jim Lovell responding and saying, Houston, we've had a problem. Not Houston, we have a problem. Although it was still going on, what he actually said was, we've had a problem. But was so, was Tom Hanks, though? It, you'd have to ask Jim Lovell that, if, if he was Tom Hanks at that moment. Everybody drink. All right. And I saw that we had we had some correct answers there. So I think we're, we're having fun with this and we're, in some cases, doing well. Here's a historical quote. This is number three. Number three. And Winston, we know who it's attributed to. It's Sir Winston Churchill. I have nothing to offer but blood.
1: Is that one of the pictures you did? that? Yeah, that's one me? of the pictures
0: that I photoshopped. Well, this one, not in this case. But I used this picture to photoshop your face into it in another occasion. called to it make
1: Winston it... Churchill.
0: Winston Chichil. Um It's
1: nobody's finest hour.
0: No. But what is the completion of this quote, do you think? And you have to I say have it in Churchill's to... voice. I have nothing to offer oh, but
1: But, blood, sweat, and tears. I honestly don't know.
0: Blood, sweat, and tears? Is I have no just... idea.
1: I'm what what do we see one. coming up here? And guts.
0: Blood, sweat, and tears. Okay. You're uh, blocking your, your you cat attempt to clip claws. Yeah. <laughs> Doing attempt to clip claws. Uh, I'm saving all these comments. And half by of the a way. cigar. What yeah, is I... the quote? So, yes, yeah, so this is what typically oh. I have nothing to offer but blood. Sweat and tears. I've
1: never heard this one.
0: Now, stop and think about it for a minute of why maybe this isn't the correct quote. Maybe it is, but why might it not? Winston Churchill
1: be... would never cry. And He did not cry. And he
0: didn't, the man didn't sweat, okay? He, he was like cool as a cucumber. There is a famous music group in the 70s, particularly called Blood, Sweat and Tears. And so Sometimes people pick up on something commonly in mm-hmm. culture. So, what Churchill actually said during this particular speech was, blood. Oh, and I'm English looking at blood. service mode. can't mistakenly knocked over an oxygen tank while trying to find a comfy spot to ride to. Them. Oh, geez. All right, let's get back to this. Number three, I have nothing to offer but blood, sweat, and tears. What Churchill actually said was, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, Tears and sweat. That's I have nothing to, to offer. offer. There's a lot. That's a that's lot to a lot offer to right offer. there. Yeah.
1: Good on you, Winston.
0: I mean, you know, now the bad. question was, was he offering his own blood toils tears and sweat or the offering this you know, the sh- the sky over here? Yeah. It's it's hard to say. We'll all right. How, how are you doing on this? I'm
1: doing uh, horribly. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy Garlic. Blood, Sweat and Tears, Lucretia McEvil. Yeah, because that was Blood, Sweat and Tears song. <laughs> One of their songs was Lucretia McEvil. That's good, Kathy. I like that. That is a lot. That's a lot to offer. Number four, famous movie quote. How does this quote start? We remember we remember Chief Brody saying this the first time he sees the shark close up in the boat and he backs into the cabin where the other crew members are. And he says,
1: we're going to need a bigger boat. He says that he doesn't.
0: Uh, he but doesn't. He doesn't. Brain. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> that's what my brain says. You don't think that's the correct quote?
1: I, I'm, I'm questioning everything now. I'm questioning <laughs> reality.
0: Are you questioning? I'm questioning, questioning my, my life. hair. Okay, questioning my heritage. I'm questioning my life. I'm questioning my purpose in life at this point.
1: But I don't question that. That that's a great screenshot. That
0: is a great screenshot. It takes
1: me right back to the quote I misremember. <laughs>
0: right, All right. right there um kathy let's see what we got here we need we need a bigger boat um we're gonna need a bigger boat you're gonna need a bigger boat i'm gonna sit in a bigger boat quat that's great so what you most often see people quote is we're gonna need a bigger boat by chief martin brody and jaws i said that yeah and the actual quote and and a few people got it right you're
1: going to need a bigger boat. He backs
0: in and he's coming. You're and, going to need a bigger that's boat. That's better. I mean, they all, they're all on the boat together, but he's talking to Quint, the, the boat owner that's, and captain, when better. he's seen the size of that. You're going to need a, bit. and by the way, another trivia yeah, point to that is that that was not a scripted line. He, he ad-libbed that line.
1: Because they didn't call cut and you're like.
0: Yeah. And, and he, going? and, and he had this revelation at that moment, you know, um, It's just there are times that you may be in a movie and you just have a revelation and you got to speak it out loud. And if the director's smart, they're going to say that fits. Put it in there. All right. That was number four. We have a few more to go. Yeah. Okay, this is a historical quote.
1: A little cat is a dangerous thing.
0: Well, don't get ahead of Kim Ah. Baker here. Um, Alexander Pope. What is the quote? What is the context? What is the co- co- quote? A little blank is a dangerous thing.
1: Knowledge, I assume. I, I haven't, I don't know that I know this. A little okay. knowledge is a dangerous thing. Is that? Okay.
0: Thing? All right. That's, and and I think, I'm going to see what some other people. A little put gnome
1: in. is a dangerous thing. Look a little these. gnome
0: can he be. cut you. He could, he could in fact cut you because <laughs> he has a little horn in his hand. There's some kind of a container yes, in his hand to cut yes. you with. Um see courage has popped up here a little catnip is a dangerous thing oh man kim i can't even begin to tell you how happy i am that you are with us today because your your approach to playing this game is is leaving me with tremendous smiles wait tink everybody drink all right any more answers to this one any more thoughts a little knowledge kim is on fire a little fire a little fire is a dangerous game, too. So, murdered. Kim should be careful. A little. So, this is what okay. typically gets quoted. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing.
1: Was it Gandalf? I think if the quote is right, it's just attributed to the wrong person.
0: No, it actually was Alexander Pope. But what Alexander Pope, this was actually a quote that was included in, a, in an essay of his called um, An Essay on Criticism. And he was actually criticizing those who often criticize others. A little learning is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the Purian spring. Their shallow drafts intoxicate the brain, and drinking la- largely sobers us again. And what he was doing there was he was poking fun at those who think they know everything enough to criticize someone else, and they really don't know. They they have just enough learning to be dangerous. Yes. You know, it's that idea of I, I know just enough to be dangerous. So know, it's, you can understand why people know say knowledge. Just but they have learned just enough. And that was Alexander Pope's actual quote. A little learning um, was a cat.
1: <laughs> a little learning was a cat. That's a little the learning quote.
0: was a cat. Um, could That could turn into Alexander a poem Patti. or a song. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, number six. This is another famous movie quote. And we say this one all the time.
1: Can I say my thought?
0: So you can so say, just yeah, gonna... give people just a second here to <laughs> Kathy. You see that, Kathy? Blah, 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 blah. blah, Pit bull. Yeah.
1: That's always the correct answer. Everybody drink.
0: What were you okay, go ahead. What is your thought here?
1: Um, I I think without without thinking, it's we're not in Kansas anymore, but I think it's I don't think we're in Kansas anymore.
0: Okay, and I see I see both represented here. What you just said, yeah. and then Georgie Toto, we're not in Kansas to- anymore. Yeah. I'm not in Kansas Does anymore. To- I don't to- come think into we're. It? In, to- well, you know, Toto's in the picture, so that's a, that's a decent question. Toto, are
1: we? And in then, Kansas I do believe we're what?
0: not in Kansas anymore. Toto, um, what if you had
1: a, t- a tattoo of Toto?
0: <laughs> so, what people typically people, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Okay.
1: I switched. I We're not in Kansas. Is, is Toto we're not in Kansas anymore?
0: You broke it. Oh, we're I, 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 I'm trying so to move can, the wrong way. trying to
1: remove things that don't move. I have a feeling we're not in ca-
0: Toto, I have a feeling we're not, not in Kansas. You're making stuff up now. No. no You're no. just
1: making stuff
0: up. Go watch the movie. Go watch the scene. I don't want I, I actually went back. Me. Not only did I look these up to in in many cases, but if they were from movies, I actually went in and found the scene just to make sure. Because in some cases, that wasn't the correct quote wasn't what I thought it's it Toto. was either. I'm I'm not a you immune were there? from the misquotes. And you were there. Either. Oh, it you was, were all in
1: color. It was all so beautiful. It's a lot better. It was
0: a lot better. So Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Is the correct is the correct quote? All right, number seven. Toto. This is another movie quote we know this is you know the queen and snow white and the seven dwarfs and by the way We've it is dwarfs this this not dwarves it's not dwarves, dwarves. it's dwarfs What is the upsetting. What is the, give people a minute before you answer but what is the what is what do you think is the famous quote here Blank who is the fairest of them all Okay what comes before that um, Snotcrest. Livgren is not in Kansas anymore, <laughs> Alan. That's good. Um, okay. I see we have a magic mirror on the wall.
1: But the the way we mirror mirror it
0: on the wall, the mirror, mirror mirror on the wall, magic mirror. So we have we have a couple of different thoughts here about what's going. Not a real quote. Everyone knows cat is fairest. <laughs> mirror mirror on the wall. Any other guesses? Cat cat on the wall.
1: Naughty mirror on the wall. <laughs> uh snod grass on the wall. I don't know. It uh I, I know uh, we've talked about this on the show before, so I kind of know I know this one. Yeah, we always say mirror, mirror on the wall. That's but what she the queen says.
0: actually says
1: Magic mirror on the wall. She's like acknowledging the, the go, fact that it's magic. Who, me? Yeah.
0: You know, what? So it's, she has to have the right mirror in there. Which one of us? All right. That was number seven. Number eight, this is a famous inspirational and business quote. Now I'm going to, I know we talked about this one recently. So, so let's hold back for a minute and let people answer this one, because this is one that we use a lot in, in just, you know, most of us have probably used this at some point, either in an inspirational setting, a business setting, or as a customer, when we're trying to get our point across. Uh, because we are not, uh, we're not happy about something that happened in a store. Now, or a director restaurant. dog,
1: moderator cat, work on director dog.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The customer is snot grass. I'm going
0: with that. Let's see. which is wrong. The customer is always right, which is wrong. And I do see please, yes, Corianne remembered, please remember to include the number, uh, the slide number because because there is a slight delay here, I don't want to be moving on or getting getting them mixed up. Because what if you said that, you know, that the queen in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was saying the customer is always right on the wall. That see, that just doesn't fit. Well. So it could. Actually, it could. The customer is an excellent scratching post. Mm-hmm. Is Kathy garlic. the the, uh, the usually, it's obnoxious. usually obnoxious. Yes. True. Yeah. Almost sometimes right. Coffee breaks is in, in matters of taste. So so let's look at what we typically think this one is.
1: Always right. Happy. The
0: customer is always right. You the reality tried. is sure. when this was originally quoted, um, and there are slight variations By actually. Alexander Pope by Alexander Pope. The customer is always right in matters of taste and, and some of them do include and preference. And the idea here is, as you know, Corianne who has worked in retail for some time understands the customer is not always right. There are times the customer is incorrect when it comes to certain mm-hmm. things having to do with the product itself or, or with service. But the point of this was to get across that if the customer says, I want that green polka dot dress and you as the salesperson is going, you know, I don't, that's kind of a tacky looking dress. If that's what they want, they're, they're right. They can, they, their taste and preference in terms of what they want to buy. You know, you know, if you buy that particular item, it's more on sale. I mean, you can share certain things with them to try to help the customer. Do you know that this brand actually has the same, is the same, but it's the plain label it's and it costs- It's just as well.
1: tacky as the other brand. It is
0: just as tacky. But the customer is not always right, but the customer is always right in terms of their own preferences, their own taste. Right? So that's important to remember regardless of which side of the equation you're on. All right, number nine. This is another one that actually I give moderator Kat credit for bringing this one to my attention recently. But we we use this one a lot, too. What is the
1: I, quote? I was po- there for part pointed of this conversation.
0: And what is the context? So, you know, we say Jack of all trades.
1: Is actually probably named James.
0: Yeah, Jack of all, you know, but if your company is called Jack of all trades, hey, that could actually, you know, that could actually, probably is a company called that somewhere, some handyman company or handy person company. Yeah. Yeah. What How's this one go? Don't forget to number it, number nine and master of none. Georgie's got that up there, is bad at most things. Um, I've used that to refer to myself because of my background and training. I often felt that I was a master, a Jack of all trades and as we often say master of none okay is that is that the quote as we usually as we usually finish it i see that with master a few people anybody else want to answer and do you agree or disagree with this as a master of dog um always cleans the toilet yeah mas- uh, jack of- i by the way i am in our family have been for years the primary bathroom cleaner you too i'm the one who typically does scrub the toilet so that comes along with being a jack of all trades, I guess. Here is the actual quote. And who do you think, by the way, who, who do you attribute this to? Do you have any, any idea who may have originally coined the, the phrase? A jack of all trades. I didn't and,
1: until, until moderator Pat told me.
0: Yeah. So this is so number nine. Here's the actual. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Uh, on I think it's, it should be of one rather than on one, but I may have the that may have been a typo on misquoted. on my part. But it's actually from Shakespeare, and the idea was here that rather than saying that was a bad thing, which it's it's often used to say that somebody isn't skilled at a particular thing. Said of Shakespeare,
1: he didn't write it.
0: He he. know uh, the sources I looked at said that Shakespeare oh. actually wrote it. And he was talking about the fact that it could be beneficial in some cases, rather than thinking that you had mastered a particular thing to have versatility. It was actually applauding versatility. Um, so that Moderator was the idea. Moderator
1: Cat might be wrong then.
0: Well, Moderator Cat may have more information here. Um,
1: don't, don't ask him anything.
0: <laughs> I will not be taking questions. Thank you, Moderator Cat. For all right, that was number nine. We have a few more to go. Oh, here's one now. This is Ben Franklin, right? We know that. We know who who said this. And we quote this one a lot. A penny saved is what? Penny earned. Okay. See what some other people have to say about that one.
1: Penny saved is.
0: Hey, Georgie, don't kick yourself with being off. Georgie said, oh man, I was off. We learn quotes a certain way. I learned most of these a certain way. Part of the reason that I looked up particular quotes was I thought you know these are common and I've learned them a certain way what is the truth here a
1: penny saved is worth less than a penny technically the way the
0: inflation yeah a penny works. saved is is kind of a waste of time because they're not worth very much worth they just kind the of hang around and just put them in jars a penny a saved is money in the bank penny saved is a penny earned penny a penny saved is Kim you didn't put um the official number next to that so was that number 10 a penny saved is edible i'm just curious kim i'm not penalizing you for not putting the number in front of it it's just that i've mentioned that multiple times and it is in the crawl at the bottom of the screen but you're not in trouble for not putting a number in front of that necessarily uh penny saved is to not penalize the cat lover um all right sorry Penny saved is all I got. I like that one too, oh, Kathy. God. Penny saved is a penny earned. We go around, we quote that. And the actual quote by Ben Franklin is not that far removed from it. But again, it's just it's a matter of semantics. Named penny. Penny. My, my friend said, Penny. 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 Yeah. I saved her once.
1: With the highest. Is a penny, penny.
0: got. And again, part of this is, you know, how did people talk back in the 1700s in Pennsylvania? Dumbly. They didn't say earned. They said got. And what you saying, getting. you know, it's the same thing. Ultimately, it's or very similar because you did you earn it or did you just get it?
1: Do you get it? I don't know.
0: Do you get it? But again, we're talk, not necessarily talking about here about the semantics or or the intent. It's what was the actual quote? A penny saved is a penny. Ben,
1: ben is looking got. at me. Like, he's looking he's, at you he's like, really throwing he see some shade. The look,
0: do you see the look on his face? Like, yeah, you guys better get a clue. All right. We're getting closer to the end now. This one's a biblical quote. Uh,
1: ha, ha, ha. I do know this one. All
0: right. All right. So let's give people one. a minute. I'm... This is number 11. Number 11. Ben <laughs> was a cat. Moosen. Moosen up there. Um, yeah. So, so what is the root of all evil according to the Bible? Uh, let's give people a minute to see if they can get this one. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that have evil associated with them. But what what is what is the root? What is the root? Um, seen some answers pop up here for number eleven. We'll give it another few seconds.
1: I like Corianne's and, comment about number ten. Uh,
0: let me go up to that one here. Where so is she?
1: Got got means you could have stolen it, Ben.
0: Yeah, yeah. Penny saved is penny got. Ben-y. I got it. I got it. You had it. I got it. It's mine. Look. look Goddard's yeah. keepers. All right. So number 11, anger is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Bible guy, moderator cat. All right. And there are versions that include the all sorts or all kinds. And this particular one, um, we say often say money is the root of all evil. I've heard that quoted from the pulpit as part of sermon saying money is money's evil
1: and you went objection you stood objection up, overruled you stood up
0: you, for the love jail. of money is the root Injection. of all evil and and this particular one is i put specifically from the king james version because it does not include the, the all sorts or money. all kinds uh some of the translations do for the love of money our pastor up in oregon used to put it this way it's not bad to have money it's money it's bad if money has you Right. If it's if it's something, if that becomes where your focus is, the love of money is the root of all evil or all sorts wow, of evil. Did a mic drop. Uh, listening to moderator cat is the root of all evil. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. So as so several of you got that one right. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your. Go- oh, here's another one from a movie we know from. um. We know what the movie is. I'm not going to say the name of the movie because you may want to figure out for yourself because it may be tied to the second part of this one, number 12. Something is a box of chocolates. Something, something, a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. It's Jim Lovell. Jim Lovell, while he was on Apollo 13, Houston.
1: We've we need a, We had a box, a box of, chocolates, of chocolates.
0: And you never know what you're going to get. In fact, that may have been Houston's response. We've had a problem. Well... You had a box of chocolates up there in that spaceship. You never know what you're going to get. And yours was an explosion. No, what is the quote uh, for number 12? Number 12 the love of money is a box of chocolates it's
1: sign language. It's not, yeah. it's not a dirty, it's sign language. Life
0: is like a box of chocolates. Mama says life is like a box of chocolates. Forest knock Gump. over
1: a box of chocolates. Thank knock over a
0: box of chocolates, knock over a box of chocolates by, by any cat who's ever existed. Look, there's a box of chocolates up there on the counter. Life is like a box of chocolates. Forrest Gump. Um, and we can hear him. We can actually hear the character saying that, right? If we not. if we repeat the quote, we almost have to do it in the voice. In the voice. Life is like a box of chocolates. Box you of never chocolates. know what you're gonna get. And and I see several people have attributed it. Mama says, mama life, says life is like Forrest's mom. Okay. But th- I
1: see, That's still not. I feel like.
0: Because well, she's attributing you know to mom because Mama's, mama says. I know, okay.
1: but and even that I feel like is off. That's, yeah, that's what we think. Or life is like, or mama says life is like a box of chocolates. But I feel like there's, it's got another twist to it. Mama so always this So said... it's
0: mentioned twice. So Forrest mama says, says mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And the actual phrase where she says it, when he's talking to her before she dies, and he says, what's my purpose in life? What's my life? Ah. And she's Oh Forrest. Life is a box of, she doesn't say like, when she says life is a box of chocolates Forrest. You never know what you're going to get. So variations of the line are spoken by two characters in the movie. And and they're not, neither one are exactly what we often quote, just because, again, you know, what we are accustomed to. All right. This is the one you brought up.
1: Okay, but it should be Mrs. Sicily.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Number 13, movie quote. And, and we know it's spoken by Dustin Hoffman's character. We're not trying to hide that. And, and there's a picture of him staring at, at the leg lamp from Christmas Story. No, that's not what that is. Angelina um,
1: Jolie. Angelina um, Jolie
0: was in this movie. So what girl is girl. the quote? Number 13. Just her leg. Number 13. Remember to put the number there? I, I can pretty much figure. If you didn't put the number, I know what, which one you're referring to here. But uh, have you seen the movie? It, that one came out in the late 1960s. And yeah. so... Um,
1: okay, but I think the question mark at the end kind of gives it away a little bit because, yeah, I always think of it as the...
0: the a statement, Mrs. Robinson... You're trying, you're trying to I should have left there Are you the, trying
1: to seduce me? Question mark.
0: Yeah. He can did I that go, him. Can I go now? Can I go now? Permission to go? Where's the bathroom? How Mrs. Smell? Robinson?
1: How's Mel these days?
0: Yeah. So this is what gets quoted very often.
1: Are you trying to seduce me?
0: And I saw that in here. That's what a lot of people think is the line. Mrs.
1: Sicily, are you trying to seduce it
0: me? It is Mrs. Robinson. Sorry.
1: Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Aren't
0: you? You're trying to seduce me, aren't you? Well,
1: agree to disagree.
0: Agree to disagree. Sorry. No, I think it should be Mrs. Cicely. Um, yeah. All right.
1: Kais. All
0: right. This one is from the French Revolution, which is why we have this Les Mis type of picture up here. But... Let them eat. We know, we hear this one a lot. It's a historical quote, but it's used as a way of disparagingly talk about how authority certain looks down on, on people who are lesser. And, and it's a quote that we say over and over again. So number 14, what is the quote and which historical figure said it? I'll give you a moment on this one. Don't look it up on Google. I've said that before. Quit looking on Google. Just saying. Or Yahoo, or and any the of cats. the, or Wikipedia. You can go on Wikipedia because we know that Wikipedia is a is an not impeachable source. It's always going to be spot on because it's on the internet.
1: Tuna, it's a good guess for cat. Let anyway. them eat
0: tuna. Cat. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah.
1: Chocolate cake.
0: Let them eat cornbread. Marie Antoinette. Man, wouldn't it have been great if she had actually given it? some cornbread? she don't like the
1: cornbread. You always maybe. say, "Let
0: them eat cake" by Marie Antoinette. Yeah. So this is this is what we typically, right? Let them eat cake. Marie Antoinette. Would it surprise you to find out that not only is not this cake not the food that was offered, but it wasn't even Marie Antoinette. Baguettes. Who said it. Let them eat baguettes. That would be a good. Florentine. Guess. It was actually Jean-Jacques Rousseau said, and he what, this was in a in an article Ooh. he wrote, a writing that he presented years several years before the french revolution that was actually he just he said he was quoting an unnamed princess now people say well that could have been marie antoinette at the time this was written she was a little girl the time that that jean-jacques rousseau presented this it likely if it was truly attributed to a princess at all or someone in royalty or it might have been just jean-jacques trying to stir up the masses Stir up the the bourgeoisie um, to rise up. You look know, at that face. look at he's, look at. He looks like he's gonna start some trouble. He's here. He's trying to
1: he? stir some stuff up.
0: But it was brioche, and you know, nice wig though. Now it's a, it's not a bad wig because it looks you can almost see the roots there. That's not bad. All right, we have a little bonus one here. That's Casey from the Ninja Turtle movies. It <laughs> is. People. Oh
1: my gosh! Um, it is.
0: And they cut off her head because she was misquoted. Yeah, I think they cut off her head for a variety of reasons. But it gets attributed to that. She said that and it made them mad. There was a lot going on in that revolution. And the bottom line is... Many people say the French Revolution was sparked because the French had watched what we had just gone through in the American Revolution. they spent a
1: lot of money helping us out. It's
0: just our monarchy was across the ocean from us, and we weren't trying to overthrow the monarchy. We just wanted our independence. The French were like, we're tired of the monarchy. We want something different, so. All right, here's a little bonus thing. So this one is going to involve numbers yes, and says. letters. These are religious quotes or, or literary quotes. You can look at it either way. And I want you to to complete with the letters associated, complete each of these. So number 15 has an A, B, C, and D. And these are familiar quotes that some of which may or may not come from the Bible, but they often get associated with the Bible.
1: As the good book
0: says. As the good book says. Um, and I actually, I won't name the children's pastor that my kids grew up with, but in in one of the children's church settings he actually quoted one of these and said well as the bible says and quoted one of these i'm not going to repeat which one because i want you to figure out which if any of these actually comes from the bible as well so um, it might be none of them it might be several of them it might be one of them but finish each of the quotes you know 15 a b c and d and then identify which one by letter if you want are ones come from the bible and I'll give you a minute with that one. God, moves in zoomies.
1: God helps those who helps cats. I, yes, mm-hmm. that's correct.
0: Thank you. Help themselves. Yes, mysterious ways. Okay. And give you, because this one's a little more complex, I'm going to give you another minute or so. And we have gone long today, but that's okay, because we're playing a fun game here. If you've been able to stick with us, I hope that. Okay, I see Corian has helped themselves. Mysterious ways next to godliness. You would do unto yourself. Do unto others as you would do unto yourself. Okay. Anybody else want to answer here? We're going to fill in the blanks and then and kind of deal with this one by one here. All right. So first, these are the, the quotes as we typically complete them. God helps those who help themselves. God moves in mysterious ways. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Okay, those are those are our common answers.
1: I think okay. God helps those who that's not in the Bible, but that is just a quote we said. I don't and, know who said it.
0: Okay, so let's look at each one. So God helps those who help themselves is not from the Bible. But it, it is was the from way it's said. that is the way it said. None of all of these are are um, oh, most of these are the way they are actually said. There is an exception, I believe. Yeah. But Algernon Sidney, who was a 17th century English politician. Was the one who actually quoted, God helps those who help themselves. Interesting, huh? Not, not as from the Algernon Sidney once said. Throw that
1: into the next conversation. That's or right. As Can you think, well, you know, Sydney in says. the words
0: of that famous politician, Algernon Sidney from the 17th century, God moves in a mysterious way is the actual title and lyric from a 1774 hymn by William Cowper called God Moves in a Mysterious Way. So it's not the plural. It's not God moves in mysterious singular. ways. Singular, it's mysterious singular, way. and it's not from the Bible. It's from a hymn. So once again, about we him. kind of it's yeah. in a hymn about him. And then cleanliness is next to godliness was from a sermon by John Wesley All these in 1700s. seventeen. I know these seventeen seventies people, 17th right? Century, they were seventeenth century, seventeen hundreds. But that's you can see why over the centuries these things have been attributed. I
1: think the last one is "Do unto others as unto your own body," or something like that do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So it actually is direct. Okay, cuz I quote and that again, word. I was like, "Oh well, no, I Well, and been again, you will see variations.
0: Long. You will see slight the variations depending on what the um what version of the Bible you're using, right. it might be worded slightly differently. And I think it comes there is a version of this that's also in Matthew, but this is this is from the book sure. of Luke in, the, in okay. the New Testament. So, that was kind of your bonus question right there. Um, so I hope, you know, not so much that we're keeping track of the points, but I hope you had fun with this. I know some of you did cause I'm looking at, uh, at, and, and again, just, this is great. Um, you guys had
1: cleanliness is next to impossible. Yeah. I, Jerry. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I know was, I heard one comedian once say that, you know, they said that cleanliness was next to, clear and godliness was next to golf in the dictionary or something like that so um got to take it all i hope you had fun with this but the other thing is i think it's also kind of cool sometimes to we think we know what we're talking about when we throw out certain quotes yeah i got it yes. <laughs> that wrong hey The goal here was, was as much as anything else to just play and have fun with this. So uh, that's what I hope you actually did was to play and have fun. Hey, I want to be, uh, I want to be sensitive to the time we have left. So a couple of things I want to talk about before we go off the air late here, but, uh, we have the wrong, that's the wrong slide. Let me come backwards here. Here we go. Next week, we're going to do one. This uh, was pre-recorded, um, conversation with my wife, Carol, and her best friend, Jody Enough. Platt. And the we're coming up in a week or so on one of our calendar days is Best Friends Day. And so I thought it would be appropriate to take a couple of best friends and have a little conversation with them and let them talk about friendship, talk about their own friendship, talk about how they view friendship and, and what makes a friendship solid and, and complete. And then in a couple of weeks, uh, two weeks out, uh, Alexis Cara, uh, an actor, actress, actor, some people prefer not to say actress, uh, but a performer who has performed in television and movies as well as stage on Broadway, et cetera, is going to be here to talk about breaking into show business, having a career in show business, but also life beyond that, trying to balance with just a, a life of, of with other priorities and family and that type of thing. So Alexis will be here to talk about that on June 10th and then June 17th, which is the weekend of father's day. I'm really looking forward to this because I'm going to be joined on the air by my siblings, uh, Kathy, Carla, and Scott, and going to be on the air and we're going to talk about our own dad. And his story, and it's it really is an amazing story. It's not only his background in history growing up and what he and his family had to do to survive, literally, but, excuse me, but his life going forward, his, his what he meant to us as a dad and what he still means to us. So you'll have the opportunity to watch that and, and be a part of that conversation. Talk about your own dads during that as well. What are the topics you'd like to discuss? Do you have any topics you'd like to discuss?
1: I often send you ideas of topics I would like to discuss. And then you say, let's talk about Let's that.
0: talk about those. And that's that. sometimes why you join me on the air, sometimes. because sometimes it was your idea. And it's like, well, then you're going to be here to help me with it. We if have you have, have ideas to for if topics. If I have to
1: do it, you have to do it too, Chellin. That's,
0: that's correct. That if you have topic ideas or guest, I do want to catnip a host. If you have topic, if you have, if you have, that's, I love that idea. Uh, we'll talk about catnip and, and other addictions that our pets are are struggling with. Um, but if you have ideas or you have ideas for, for either a guest or a topic, you can email to let us know what those might be. And uh, Shalane is not only an occasional co-host, but she is one of the producers on this show, along with uh, Carissa, Carol, and... And Christopher and like Dustin as well, other production team. So we all like to review these things and, and, and go with your idea. I'm just rambling now. I yeah. obviously I need more coffee or yeah. something. So we're going to let everybody get, get on with their weekend. but uh, anything that, that we typically say at the end that you would like to be the one to say today.
1: Oh, okay. Wait, I'm going to misquote it. Okay. Uh, find a way to make a difference in your world this week.
0: God Please bless you.
1: Have Have, a great have a great week. We'll
0: see you next time.
1: The service starts now.
0: Bye, everybody.